bad, bad addict. Um, every time I was able to get a loan, I was doing drugs. I've been in prison four times, twice in the state, twice in the feds. I was doing all this crazy stuff, cooking drugs and just staying high. God called me from a prison cell. I was a homeless drug addict, and my hope was found in a needle. I was eight months pregnant, homeless, um, living out of my van. You know, it wasn't freeway that saved me, it wasn't John Stroop that saved me, but God uses freeway in such a mighty way as a tool to reach these people. There's not a community or a county in America that doesn't have a drug problem. And the, the church has the answer and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to One Broken Life, my name is John Stroop. Thank you for joining us. Um, One Broken Life is a production of Freeway Ministries. Uh, we, we hear about the negative impact that drugs and crime make on our community, but what we don't hear about is a positive impact uh, that one radically changed ex-drug addict or ex-criminal can make when, they, when the Lord gets a hold of their lives. And so I've, I've invited my good friend, uh, Justin Moore, to come on and, and talk about his life and his story. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So if you didn't listen to Justin's part one, uh, I want you to stop and go back to part one and listen to his to the first one we did with Justin. But basically the way we do this is part one is the BC, the before Christ testimony and kind of that broken place where Justin was um, to where he, he, he came to his rock bottom and, and he surrendered his life to Jesus. And then this is part two where okay, now we're going to talk about what God is doing now. And we have a couple of verses that we like to share um, through, the, through the podcast. And one of them is Psalms 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. It says a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. And I talk to people a lot and I tell them this, especially families of people who are struggling with addiction, is that rock bottom is not a place. Rock bottom is a state of mind. And so many times families will say, well, what else could happen to them? Like they've had everything taken. People have died. Tragedies happened. They almost, you know, this, these horrible things have happened. What is it going to take for them to hit rock bottom? And, and so I tell them that rock bottom is a, is a state of mind and not a place. And so we briefly touched on your rock bottom. So let's kind of just give a little bit of a recap uh, we talked about, you know, you served in the military, mm -hmm. active combat twice, mm -hmm. um, was sent home, got strung out on drugs, really didn't know how to cope, right? Yeah. And so you ended up being an IV user. Mm -hmm. You went from a drinker to a to partying on the weekends to functioning addict to dysfunctional all out. Yep. Just strong out homeless guy. Yeah. And so then you go to prison mm -hmm. and you get a Bible. Yep. Uh, you meet the Lord, you get on your knees, you surrender to him, and then you get released into veterans court. Yes. Okay. And one of the things we didn't mention before was you you got diagnosed with PSTD. PTSD. PTSD. Mm -hmm. I always say that wrong. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, and so 
you you get diagnosed with that and what exactly does that mean uh it stands for post-traumatic stress disorder and it's uh just uh symptoms can look different for uh, for uh people but some of the symptoms are uh just uh for me it was like uh nightmares um it was a uh, depression anxiety uh just um being in like crowds really would uh bother me at first you know and uh it's just cuz when you, a lot of people when they come back from a deployment they have uh like heightened senses awareness like they you know you're you pay attention to everything that's you're going on. You're watching it all, yeah. you know, you're looking mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for a, a red flag. Yeah, and uh, it's hard to turn that off when you come back. Um, so that can cause a lot of uh, anxiety also in you, like, uh, you know, because over there, crowds is, is a, a spot that, you you know, you don't really want to be in. There's a lot to be looking for. There's uh, a lot of potential threats, and so – when you've when you've been in that mindset for a while, it's hard to just turn it off when you come back home. So you'll be, you know, at a fair here in the States, you know, and you're not enjoying what's going on because you're just, you know, you're looking for all these potential threats that's going to happen. And uh, in reality, there's really probably no threats going to happen. So you were diagnosed with full disability. Yes. And they gave you, I can't say it, say it for me. PTSD. PTSD. Yes, yep. got it right. <laughs> and so you, you was that before or after you got out of prison? That was uh, before. I was diagnosed uh, within a few months of uh, getting out of the military. Okay. And so here you are. You're out. Of, you already. You got some. You got some obstacles mm-hmm. to overcome. Yeah. Uh, you're you're someone who struggles with drug addiction. Yeah. You you're struggling with just living in society now. Yeah. Uh, and you got PTSD yep. and you're a felon. Yep. And so, you know, here you are, you're out of prison, you're starting your life over. Yep. Um, and so how did you end up with here at Freeway Ministries? Um, well, like you said before, my parents uh, started coming here and I think it was just to try to uh, understand what, what type of life I was living. Um, and I think it really helped them. And they would, they would try to convince me to come uh, on Saturday nights. And I had done it a few times in the past, not out of, you know, thought that I needed something more, but part of my manipulation thing, you know, I'll agree to go to freeway cause they're hounding me about it. And in return, I could probably talk them into doing something for me. And, uh, it's called tit for tat. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, then, what's tit for tat for our people that don't know that may be watching on the, the monitor right now? Basically, uh, you do something and you get something in return for it. Yeah, I'm doing something for you because you're going to do something for me. Yeah, yeah. If you don't do something for me, I'm not going to do something for you. Yeah. Okay. And so that's, you know, I'd come here a few times, uh, managed to sit here long enough just to hear the service and then... Uh, leave and be gone back to doing what I was doing. And so when I got out this time, I'm like, you know, I don't know where to start. Uh, I guess I'll go to freeway. And, uh, I came and, uh, like, I think it was the second week that I was out that I'd come. Uh, you'd mentioned something about the D groups 
and uh, that you could sign up for them. I didn't even know what discipleship was. I didn't know what a D group was, but I knew that uh, the only way I was going to get more involved was to just sign up for whatever I could sign up for and uh, be involved. And so I went up there and signed up on the uh, the table. And then a couple of weeks later, I showed up for the first D group class and I got uh, Denny Feesby and Paul Choate as uh, discipleship uh, leaders. And uh, just the amount of that they poured into me, like from the beginning. And uh, it like just started setting me on this course that, uh, you know, I just wanted to know everything. Like, you know, I had so many questions and they just started answering questions for me. There you go. And, uh, uh, and it was just short time after that. It seemed that God had all this lined up for me too, because like a friend I'd had that we used in the past, he got clean before I did. And he was, uh, you know, sober and, uh, found Christ and was, was doing that. Uh, and he messaged me, uh, on Facebook and said, Hey, I'm starting this group up at my church and it was called addicted to Jesus. And it was for recovering addicts. He's like, I want you to come. And it was with him and the associate pastor at the church I go to now. And so that's just, I went to that first group. He invited me to church that Sunday and I've been going to that church ever since. So it was like God lined up all these, you know, a home church for me here and then I didn't even have the opportunity to really go back to the uh, life I was living because immediately I was plugged into to different uh, places. And that's what kept me from going back to that because it was really rocky at first. Like when I first got out, it was so easy that I, you know, I could have slipped back. But having all that, uh, that support group around me, it gave me people to call. It gave me people to just, you know, talk about struggles with and... Uh, so it was it was something that that kept me headed on the right path from the start. I just came back from a revival a few weeks ago from a church called uh, Calvary Church in Sparta, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And Sparta, Illinois is a unique place. Illinois has a lot of prisons in it, mm-hmm. and uh, they have Menard Prison, which is a famous prison in Illinois. They have Joliet, they have Vandalia Men's Prison, they have a Mand- mm-hmm. Vandalia like Missouri has Vandalia women's prison, but they mm-hmm. have a Vandalia and a, and a Centralia. So right in Sparta is close to a bunch of different prisons. And the the church had a lot of prison guards in it. And the retired warden from Menard Prison, who retired from Menard Prison, had me over to his house for lunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that, you know, they were really encouraged, there's a lot of law enforcement officers there, is just to see somebody come out of prison, make it. And the reason I'm saying this is because I don't believe in jailhouse religion. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe people in jail and prison are serious. I just think they don't have a plan and they don't know what to do when they leave. Yeah. And so they're serious. They just don't have that. I don't know what discipleship was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah. And so they leave prison and they go back to that same place they came from or that same group, that same family. And that family maybe have good intentions. Mm-hmm. But even in the church, the discipleship is not there. And, and I'm a local church guy. I have mm-hmm. a pastor. I have a home church. I believe every Christian should have a pastor and a home church and have a mentor in their life and be having people to mentor. But sometimes, you know, the churches, they just, there's no discipleship. Yeah. And so you get out 
God blesses you. You come to free our freeway ministry outreach, mm-hmm. and you hear, "Hey, the discipleship D groups are coming." Yeah, and so you get you get plugged into D group. You begin to grow in the Lord. Yep, you you get those questions answered. Mm-hmm. And honestly, some some questions we just don't have an answer to. Yeah, Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine says, "The secret things belong to the Lord our God, and the things we know have been revealed to us and our sons forever that we may obey all the words of the law." And so. That scripture tells me that there's some things that they're just, we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a secret, God's secret. And then the things we do know have been revealed to us. Yep. And the reason they've been revealed to us is that we may obey all the words of the law, that we may follow God in obedience. And that's what discipleship is, right? Yep. And, and so uh, here you are, Justin, you're breaking chains, man. Mm-hmm. God's breaking chains and he's breaking cycles off your life. Yep. Uh, you, you're doing better than your last two day stint, right? Yeah. You get out of prison last time you lasted two days, yep. and here we are, eleven months into your exit, and you're you're killing it. Yeah. You're sober. You've not used. You've not drank. You've Mm-mm. you've not you know done anything crazy, uh, except for for the Lord, right? Yep. And so, um, did you ever think before we just move for, further because there's more? But did you ever think that there was hope for you when you was stabbing yourself with a needle. No, I thought I would always use for the rest of my life. I thought even if I survived and I somehow managed to stop shooting up heroin every day, I would at least, uh, smoke weed, drink alcohol. I thought that, you know, I'm always going to have to do some kind of, uh, drug. And if I don't do it every day, I'm going to do it weekly. You know, I never thought that I would ever, uh, just have the desire to not use anything at all. Do you still have the nightmares? No. That's so cool, dude. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Makes me want to cry. God is good, isn't he? He is. So here you are. Uh, your God has freed you. He's broken the chains from you, man. And you're here at Freeway. You found your, where's the first place you served? Uh, on security. Security. Yeah. So you're watching the th- watching for the threats. Yeah. God used your past to help mm-hmm. protect people. Mm-hmm. That's what you are. You're protecting people. Yeah. Here, so they can hear the word and listen. And and what's that like being a fr- you know, for those that don't know, Freeway Ministries is not a church. We're a ministry that supports the local church to reach the heart to reach with the gospel through the three things that makes the heartbeat of Jesus evangelism, missions, and discipleship. Mm-hmm. That's who we are. That's who Jesus was. He was the best missionary that ever lived, and he was the greatest evangelist that ever lived, and he was the best disciple teacher that ever lived, disciple maker. So that's the heartbeat of Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's what we do. And so we want we have our outreach on Saturday here at World Headquarters where we're at right now, 1031. Uh, 1041. 1041, yeah, thank you for correcting that. <laughs> I send you down a subway somewhere. 1041 <laughs> West Kearney uh, at World Headquarters. And so we have a, a plethora of people come in on Saturday night. They're homeless. Yep. Uh, they're they're transgenders. There's yep. people who would never shadow the doors of a church. Yep. Uh, they have their shopping carts. You know, they're carrying everything they own on their back. Mm-hmm. Some of them come in off the bus and act like you're doing them a favor by picking. You're, you're they're doing you a favor by getting on the bus. Yeah, and and they're doing even doing you another favor by eating your food you offer yeah. them. Right. Yeah. 
And, and so they come, and then you got the church folks that come that are, you know, been in church their whole life. So you got this group here. Mm-hmm. And so how? Tell me about the first time you had to handle a hostile situation here. How that? How did you do with that? Uh, it's, uh, I didn't do too well with it. Uh, a couple of the other security people, uh, had to explain that, you know, you got to love the people, uh, but you have to know when to draw that line. Like if they're causing a distraction from the message, that's not acceptable but you still have to love them and you still have to treat them, you know, and that for me, that was one of the, you know, biggest things like, cause <clears throat> I think in the military, you got to put, you know, I took, I went at it like a military approach. You got to put on this, this, you know, certain image that, especially as a Marine, you know, like you put on this certain image, but then they, you know, they, they explained to me, you know, it's, it's all out of love and it's, you know, that's the goal of, freeway is to to love on these people that uh people don't usually love on and so they come in here and if we're acting you know jesus was one of the most understanding people ever and so you have to be understanding to their situation and realize that they probably haven't had the best day right and you think you're having a bad day and their life is living hell yeah and so just, you know, treating people with love when they come in here. And that's something I've really had to grow in. Amen. So uh, what's life like for you right now? Uh, Tell me about your life. Tell everybody about your life, Justin. It's it's better than uh, it's ever been before. Uh, when I, the like, when I first was headed towards... Uh, the path I wanted to go, I was, you know, thinking, okay, I'm going to go get enrolled in OTC. I'm What's a, OTC? Uh, o, uh, the technical college here in Springfield. Uh, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do the welding program and I'm going to make a lot of money and, uh, you know, just feeling like that's what I needed to do. I knew, I was wanted to go to college anyways. I just didn't know what I wanted to. So I went, I got enrolled in it and everything. And then coming to doing discipleship more and more and uh, getting just being involved with the Lord more, I felt like he was speaking to me uh, to go and get enrolled instead at Baptist Bible College. And so I had to go, because I'm a felon, I had to go and have a meeting with uh, the president, Mark Milioni there, and uh, sit down with him and had to tell him my story and tell him, you know, where I had come from and what I wanted to do. And, you know, and he accepted me right there. He said that I could, uh, go ahead and continue with the application process and, uh, enroll. And so I did. And now as of today, actually, I just took my last final, uh, and finished my first semester there. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Are you happy? I'm very happy. Yeah, God's freed you, huh? Yes. So uh, did you ever think that your life would look like it like it is today? No. I didn't even think my life would look like it is six months ago. I mean, it's just 
the stuff God does every day, it seems like he just keeps opening doors. And as long as I just continue to be as obedient as I can, then uh, he just keeps doing things I never thought I would be doing. So you're enrolled in the internship program here? Yes. What's that like? Uh, it's it's an experience. Uh, I One of the places I feel God has called me to is recovery ministry. So it's been a very uh, good learning experience. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things you got to love people because the, some of the phone calls that come in each day, you know, these people, they want to treat this like it's just a, a, a rehab facility. And, uh, you know, it's just, that's what it's not. It's not. And what is it? It is a Christ centered uh, discipleship program that tra- that teaches people to uh, recognize the hurt that causes drug addiction and fix that problem. So I, I that was a trick question. You know that, don't you? I was asking <laughs> you that to see what you'd say. But when he says it is, the, the pronoun it, he is referring to our one-year-long discipleship program, which mm-hmm. is not the outreach, but the other side. And so you're being trained. Justin is being trained. Right now we have an internship program called the Timothy Project, which you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the third group we push, we push through this four-month internship program. And so our goal here, we paid the building off, praise mm-hmm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to take a majority of our mortgage, a chunk of our mortgage. We're going to support guys like Justin uh, who fit the, fit the bill um, to go in our call to go start freeways at other churches um, around the, the United States and then around the world eventually. And so, Justin, you feel that as a calling on your life that you would maybe possibly be a missionary I do. And, and so, um, and you've got to share your testimony quite a bit. Yeah. With- I, <laughs> I prayed I, about a, about two months ago. I prayed, you know, I said, this God is, this, if this is what you want me to do, then uh, just give me opportunities to give my testimony. And uh, within the last two months, I think I've given it uh, six or seven times at different uh uh, churches and now here. And, uh, so I guess that's what he wants me to do. Cause he just started opening the doors for it. What are you doing next Thursday? Oh, I am given, <laughs> I'm preaching my first sermon, uh, at our sermon, uh, workshop. Yeah. So you're going to preach to the other interns. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you looked a little, you didn't know whether he was ready or not, man. I, I'm You're ready. Getting there. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, so what's your biggest burden, brother? What's your biggest burden right now? What's the thing that really just stirs your heart? Uh, I believe I'm one of them guys that believe that your burden is your ministry. And I can prove it mm-hmm. if you read the Bible. You'll see, uh, for instance, one of my favorite places to look is Nehemiah. Nehemiah was just minding his own business. Uh, He was the king's guinea pig, 
And, it, and you know, the cupbearer, he tasted everything before the king tasted it to make sure it wasn't poisoned. But what people don't realize is that was a high position because the king's cupbearer had a very close relationship to the king. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he had a cushion job, government job. Um, it would be something that would be fought for today. And his brother, I think his name was Hananiah, came by to visit him on the way back to Jerusalem. And uh, he asked his brother, he said, how's the city? How are, how are, how are my people? And uh, he was expecting a good report because Ezra just left to rebuild the temple and rebuild the city. And uh, Hananiah said, Every, it's in ruins. You know, the wall's falling down. You know, it's all, it's all, it's all just falling apart. The people are discouraged. And Nehemiah says, it says this, he says, I, he's telling it as a narrative. Mm. And so it's like a first person account of what happened. And so he says, um, when I heard the news, I sat down and wept. And the word sat down in the Hebrew, it means he was crushed. Mm -hmm. Nehemiah was crushed with the news. And then it says he fasted and prayed for days. And, and, you know, it doesn't say what he prayed about, but to me reading that my personal opinion is that he couldn't get rid of the burden. Mm -hmm. And so he went before the king and the king says, what's wrong with you? You know, and be, to be discouraged in front of the king uh, could kill him. Mm -hmm. he, could, he could be put to death for that. And, and he said, well, how, how would you feel if you were me? You know, my people are, my people are discouraged. My hometown is ruined. Uh, it's a disaster. And basically, I got to do something about it. Yeah. And uh, the, he didn't have an army. He didn't have a plan. He didn't have blueprints. All he had was the two things that you need. Mm -hmm. faith and a burden and uh, the king gave him a police escort and an unlimited spending card from Lowe's <laughs> and he, he and he went and he got and, you know he got the job done mm. and so what's your burden what's the thing that God has placed in your heart I feel like it's uh, uh, people who struggle, struggle with addictions like I feel like that the people God has called me to try to help is other addicts because I was so, I was so caught up in my addiction. I didn't even, you know, nothing else mattered to me. And the only thing that mattered was getting high. And I feel like that God showed me that. And then he delivered me from it so I can, you know, explain to other people and I can show them that no matter how much you think that God is, you know, you've, you're too far for God to help. There's, I, you know, myself, I can testify to it personally. And then I know other people, you know, several other people that can testify that if you just surrender to him and you uh, put your life, you know, you just give your life up to him and let him handle those, then you don't, you don't have to live with those struggles anymore. You can, you know, you can live each day where, you're not thinking about what do I have to, what do I have to steal today, and who am I going to get drugs from? How am I going to stay high? Yeah, because drug addicts don't really have loyalty. No, it's all smoke screen. Mm -hmm. It's how can I get a bigger bag of dope? Yeah, and, and so uh, and there's no looking over your shoulders. There's no nope. worrying about the dope man finding you. Nope. You know, um, worried about if you, your fingerprints was on that thing. That, yep. You know that somebody's going to tell on what you did. So. Uh, today, what brings you joy? 
Um, I think it's one of my biggest struggles was uh, like purpose and identity. That's what I struggle. I mean, I still struggle with it today, but uh, I feel that I have a purpose again. When I got out of the military, uh, that was my purpose. I felt like like my life was the Marine Corps. And when I got out, I didn't have that purpose anymore. And now that I've surrendered my life to God, I have a purpose again. I yeah. wake up each day and I know that today, you know, I, I'm serving Jesus. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to always be perfect at it, but I will never be perfect at it, but I'm going to strive each day to try to get better and learn more each day and just work towards, you know, growing in the Lord. Yes, sir. You know, Justin, you've got a God that goes before you. Mm -hmm. You've got a God that has never been surprised. He's never had a problem. Uh, he's never learned anything. He's never lost a fight. And, and so everything that comes your way is a divine interruption in your life. And, and, you know, as we walk by faith, the Bible says walk by faith and not by sight. The fruit is on the limb. Mm -hmm. You got to get on the limb. Get out there on that thing. And that's where the fruit's at. I tell churches that, you know, your biggest blessing is one step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And you just got to stay there, right? Yeah. And so uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, say there's somebody today, they're listening, and uh, they're struggling with P PTSD. Mm -hmm. uh, there's somebody in your shoes, you know, that were where you used to be. Uh, what kind of encouragement do you have for them? That there's hope. There's, you know, uh, the struggles you're going through each day. Um, there's other people that go through them. Uh, and it's just, if, you, if you're willing to be obedient and surrender to God and give him a chance, he can take those, those burdens away from you. And, you know, we have a helpline. Mm -hmm. It's our intern phone. But we're on it Tuesday through Friday. It's 417-616-1941. And uh, Justin's on that phone Fridays. Yep. And so if you need help, reach out, call us. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll do what we can to to uh, to help you reach that place to yep. where God can get a hold of your heart. Yep. And so uh, I'm just excited to see what God's going to do in your life, brother. Mm -hmm. I know he's got great things planned for you. and. Uh, today, if you've enjoyed our podcast, uh, would you subscribe, share, uh, like it? This is a production of Freeway Ministries. If you'd like to support Freeway Ministries as we reach one broken life at a time, our website is freeway-ministries.com. Uh, you can go on there and you can you can support us monthly. You can support us with a one-time gift. But the biggest thing we need is prayer. And so if you would if you would petition the Lord for us as we continue to reach one broken life at a time, that would be awesome. My name is John Stroop uh, from John Stroop and Justin Moore. Mm -hmm. Very glad you joined us, and we hope uh, to see you next time. Thank you.